My friends, welcome to another episode. Uh, today's a fun one. I chat with Justin Perry, who's a partner at Pangolin Laser Systems, which if you don't know them, they're the leader in laser light shows around the globe. Their lasers, I'm sure you've seen, they're used by music festivals, uh, your favorite artists, uh, Justin Timberlake to Martin Garrix, even Mr. Beast, and a ton more. Not to mention, as a little cherry on top of this episode, this guy is one of my oldest friends. Dating back to freshman year of high school, we've known each other forever. Uh, we've seen the ups and downs of each other, and uh, we talk a lot about what it's like running a company, working for yourself, how things may have been affected during the pandemic for both of us. Uh, we even dip into family life as we're both fathers and uh, a, a lot more. So I think no matter what, you're going to get some value out of this episode, and it's a lot of fun in the process. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, again, Justin Perry, I'll leave all of his information in the description below. And of course, if you want to check out Pangolin, I'll leave their website there as well. But before we get too far into the episode, don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button. You'll get all the updates of when I post uh, each podcast episode along with other videos that I toss up on YouTube. So if you're watching me on YouTube right now, thank you so much. Uh, if you're not, head over to YouTube as well after this episode and subscribe there because I'm putting out at least one video a week. So you'll see some good stuff on there. Speaking of seeing things, if you like any of this setup, even though this is a kind of minimal setup today, um, but if you like anything you're seeing from my mics to the lights, it's all available on my Amazon storefront. And if you don't shop at Amazon, uh, you should, but I think everyone goes on Amazon. So I decided to create a idea list, uh, which you'll find everything from my home essentials that I use uh, to my podcast gear, even baby supplies that I picked up being a new father. So again, I'll leave that in the description below so you can check that out on your free time. But enough with all that. Here's today's chat with Justin Perry. You're just funny. It's funny how the way you tell the story and everything. Funny how. Come here. Come here, though. Yeah, he's crazy, see? Well, he... Yeah. So, okay. So this is why, okay. <laughs> so this is the reason we're doing this. Okay. Obviously I haven't seen you in forever. Yep. But a lot's changed. A lot has changed. <laughs> Definitely. It's a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Quite a bit. Uh, so we're both fathers. Both fathers. Yeah. You got more of these things than I do though. I've got more of these <laughs> things. Yes. There's quite a few things. Are we podcasting now? Yeah, we're recording. Okay. But I can cut, you know, whatever. We're, we're in the middle of the podcast. We're in the middle. Yeah. A lot has changed, um, yeah. you know, the dynamic, having kids as a father trying to balance work and life. It's yeah. uh, it's a lot. It's, it's fun, lot. but it's a lot. Yeah. Well, I, what I've noticed being a business owner versus like working for corporate is it there's there's a lot of good because you can make your own schedule, but there's an added pressure Yeah. that you don't get with corporate yeah. America. Um, but it's also weird to me because I going through the whole process of like being in a corporate job, thinking I had stability and then getting laid off at my last job. And then I'm like, so all these people that are living their lives with pressure, whether you work for yourself or work for someone else, yeah. nothing is guaranteed. Nothing. You know, you, you work your ass off as, as best you can yep. and you try to do the best you can, but that's why it's so crucial, especially now more than ever, to learn how to pivot, learn how to invest. Yeah, absolutely. Diversify your portfolio, things yeah. like that. So have you noticed like starting from, cause I mean, we both work corporate jobs. You've owned this place longer, but have you noticed your mindset changing as you've become more and more experienced from an entrepreneur standpoint? Yeah, you definitely learn a lot. I think the number one um, 
skill set you'll learn when you kind of go into business for yourself and you you start to employ people is leadership Mm -hmm. and learning to delegate and learning how to communicate a vision to people, uh, explain what the end goal is, and then give them the resources and the tools to accomplish that. Um, You know, I'm sure as you found too, when you start a business, you have this idea like, yeah, I'm going to start my own business. It's going to be great. I'm going to set my own hours and I'm going to have a lot of free time. And the reality, uh, at least at the beginning, is quite different. And I think Dana White recently, um, you know, he had a good reel on Instagram where he was kind of alluding to this. Uh, you know, there is, um, at the beginning at least, there is no downtime. I mean, mm. you're constantly hitting the pavement um, to build up your infrastructure. And then over time, you'll bring in employees and stuff like that. And uh, and leadership and setting a vision, setting an objective, setting goals, documenting processes, that stuff starts to, to yeah. unfold, which will ultimately free up your time. But yeah. It's a it's a long path to get there. Yeah, and also too, I think the perception of like how long that path is going to be. Yeah, because people think, oh well, if I want to start a yeah a UFC MMA company, yeah, he probably thought to himself, I could do this in ten years and be fine. Yeah, you know his his vision was like, I'm just gonna it's the grind every day, mm-hmm. and wherever it takes me is where it takes me. There's a it's yeah. a good mindset too, and um, you know it can be a bit overwhelming at times, but just coming to the realization that there really is no finish line. Right. There is no finish line. Every day, it's going to be something new. There's going to be a new fire you have to put out. There's going to be a new challenge. There's going to be a new competitor. There's going to be a shift in the technology. And just adopting the mindset that, hey, you know, I'm I'm trying to run a business, but I understand there is no finish line. Right, exactly. And, I mean, worse than that, that's like if things go right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because, like, that's... That's the best case scenario. The worst case scenario is like, okay, now you have to economy, yeah. pandemic, you know, World War Three. Like, yeah, there's yeah. there's all these outside things that have nothing to do with your business, but you have to learn how to pivot. Social media is a good example where, you know, we weren't doing this before. Now we're going to start doing it. So it's it's these little things that maybe you have to adopt or delegate or learn more. And it's you think once it almost seems like once everything, at least in my experience, once you figure out everything and it's going great. Yeah. And you're like, next five years, I'm going to coast. Mm-hmm. We're good. Mm-hmm. That's Somehow the moment. life knows. Like, that's the moment. This motherfucker's getting cocky. Yeah. Hold that, on. That's the that's the moment that the universe jumps in and uh, corrects that way of thinking <laughs> very quickly. It's so crazy. And it's, I mean, you know, COVID definitely, um, you know, who would have thought that, that a virus mm. or a flu, whatever we want to call this thing, would, would come in and disrupt the world as a whole? And um, yeah. You know, obviously, we're in laser light shows, we're in entertainment, and it took a huge toll on us. I mean, events were closed. What are you going to do? You know, yeah. how do you run an organization that sells lasers when there are no festivals, there are no events going down, the local clubs are closed, the touring market shut down? Um, you know, it was a huge, uh, a huge lesson in learning to pivot and learning to um, to reallocate resources. And likewise, keep a team motivated. I mean, they know your team knows what's going on. They yeah. know that it's a it's a tumultuous time. So keeping them rallied and motivated too, um, you know, yeah, these are these are the challenges that come with with running a, a business that I think a lot of people, at least at the onset, they uh, they may overlook uh, overlook. You know, now wh- how did you guys pivot during? Because I remember I was with you know Monster at that time, yeah. uh, one of the largest one of the largest beverages in the world. But in terms of events, that yep. was, from a marketing side, that was 40% of our yeah. overall nut. So, yep. like, if, to not have those events and sponsorships, and, yeah. you know, we pull... Unfortunately, Monster's a big company where it's, like, it's more the sponsorship side, so they're spending the money to be at the event. Mm-hmm. But usually those events, you're able to leverage those into 
those stores like 7-Eleven and mm-hmm. Publix. Yeah. So you're able to leverage those events to ultimately gain more displays and what they call you know incremental sales uh, on those displays that aren't typically there. So like a Tortuga Festival, which is down in Fort Lauderdale, mm-hmm. that was our event we sponsored. They spent you know ten to twenty thousand dollars on that, but they were able to get you know a hundred displays out yeah. that they wouldn't normally get leveraging yeah. that event. So for them, you're talking millions of cans a year. Yeah. That that this affected. So how, like, how did that ultimately affect you guys? It was tough. I, um, you know, with events closing down, definitely sales took a hit. Um, and what was interesting that was kind of a saving grace was that the world didn't all close down immediately all at once. It was, mm. if uh, at least in, in relation to our business, certain markets started to go down. Uh, and as they went down, maybe certain markets up, uh, came back up. So let's look at the United States as an example. Florida, we shut down for two weeks, mm. and then it opened back up. Um, Texas had some very similar workflows to that. There were other states, too, that didn't completely shut down entertainment. So we had pockets. What color were they? <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole other podcast. Um, you know, so the event, uh, we, we had pockets of business that kind of kept things afloat. And globally, this was, this was also true as well. Yeah. There, um, there were pockets of events that, uh, that were continu- continuing to go on. And that kind of kept the company afloat. And um, just to keep the team busy, we retooled and rethought, okay, we've got some downtime finally. Like we're not, um, you know, sales aren't coming through every day at a rapid pace. What are we going to do with this downtime? So we Mm -hmm. really invested a lot into education, training, building out the studio that you saw here. Um, All sick, by the way. Yeah. 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 Devising, you know, devising uh, some workflows to put out more educational content and then uh, we looked at other operational processes. Okay, accounting, fulfillment. How do we? We've got this downtime. What are the? What were the things we always wanted to fix in these different departments or in different processes that now we have the time to do? So uh, you know, I, I always like to try to find like a silver lining in a bad situation. So the silver lining with COVID for us at least was it gave us some breathing room to retool, rethink, restructure, and make internal processes a bit better during what what was relatively a slow period of time. Yeah. Uh, and then on the flip side, you know, if we go into last year, 2022, it was the best year ever in company history because there was so much pent up demand coming out of COVID. Mm. So again, uh, a little bit of a silver lining at the end of a bad situation. Um, you know, there, the events in production industry has soared coming out of COVID and it's on a pretty good trajectory right now. I think inflation being the biggest threat that we have. Yeah. Yeah. Which may, And maybe World War Three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But other than that, things are great. Yeah. Other than that, things are great. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, that is interesting because I've noticed that in my own personal life to where you, especially during the pandemic, um, you spend two years of not, it's supply and demand, but you spend all that time not doing that thing. Yeah. And then eventually it's like, oh, now that I can do that thing, I almost forget all inhibitions that goes out the window. It's like, I just want to get involved. Yeah. Um, and that happened with movie theaters too. That yeah. was a big thing where- yeah. You know, I think they had like a record amount of number of people after the pandemic once theaters were open. Mm-hmm. Now it's kind of starting to dip because yeah. once people get a taste for the movie theater, then they're like, oh, wait, I forgot we could stream shit now. Yeah. So they're kind of <laughs> pulling back. But I could see from an event standpoint, at least for me, there's just so much. There's just a wide variety of shit to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, not just music concerts, but, you know, now you have like conferencing events, yep. expos, like yep. all that type of stuff is there's so much incrementality, and when it comes to that business, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty cool to see. The so. one the one thing that was great to see um, post COVID was that people craved human interaction again. Mm. And uh, you know, so oftentimes in in our business, we're thinking, well, 
You know, when 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 is that time going to come where people stop going to events or tours or to festivals? Right. You know, especially right now with ticket prices, they're, they're getting pretty expensive. Yeah. Um, especially if you're a Swifty. Especially if you're a Swifty. Uh, the the fundamental desire for human beings to connect with other people at a live event, right. um, you know, I, I don't think that that's going anywhere. And seeing just how much people were craving that coming out of COVID, yeah. it was uh, it was kind of a fulfilling thing to see because you know it was like yes, people actually do want to be together. They do want to go listen to music together at a public space, mm-hmm. whether it's a festival, whether it's going to the local bar and you have a, a local band playing. Right. That dynamic, um, that dynamic is still there, and people still inherently crave that. Yeah. Which, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, that's what it's all about in the, in the entertainment business, right? Yeah. Bringing people together, you got some good music playing, whatever your genre may be. Yeah. And, um, you know, have a good uh, a good time with your friends around it. So I think yeah. that that's uh, that's here to stay. Yeah, I don't think that's going to go anywhere. I mean, even uh, Zuckerberg launched that those new Ray Ban glasses that are AR technology where. You can actually physically, the goal is you could do something along the lines of like going to an NBA game and sitting front row technically, but really you're in your living room yeah. and it's actually playing not a fake augmented reality. It's the actual game, yeah. but they tailor it for the sunglasses. Yeah. So you're you're sitting and you're watching it, but it's a fitted glass. It sounds like the Matrix. It does sound like the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, eventually you're just going <laughs> to, you know, it's going to go in our, our back of our head. But that, I just don't see it being, it'll be cool. Yeah. So, like, if I'm the type of person that does 10 events a year, mm-hmm. I might do one of that. Yeah. If it's, you know, substantially cheaper, if it's 80% cheaper than spending $3,000 on a ticket, yeah, I might do that. Yeah. But I don't know if we'll ever get to the point mm-hmm. um, until aliens visit us and take us away. I don't think physically that we're here, we'll ever get to the point where we're not going to want to do these these one-on-one interactions. Again, I think, too, COVID proved... Um, that people were craving yeah. human interaction. Yeah, even just going to a restaurant. Just going to a restaurant. Yeah. I mean, there was so much pent up demand for that coming out of coming out of COVID. So, yeah, I think the human element's going to be there uh, uh, for the foreseeable future, and I and I hope it remains permanently. I hope uh, yeah. we we all don't um, you know sit in our living rooms and virtually attend an event together, and yeah. the human dynamic goes away. I hope that that doesn't happen. Yeah. And so far, it looks like human interaction is is here to stay. Yeah. And if so, if they do do that, they can actually just go to Unity Lasers and they could get their they can own. throw Yeah, they could throw a laser light show in their living room and they could be the, the coolest guy in the virtual <laughs> set that they're attending with their friends. At yeah. an affordable price. At an affordable price. Yeah. It's impactful and affordable. And where can they get those? At www.unitylasers.com. <laughs> nice. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, so in terms of like the business, so this is uh, fascinating to me because since you have two daughters um, and you've been married for... 12 years. 12 years. So uh, how long has Pangolin been going that you've been running? The company, so Pangolin is uh, started as a control company, mm-hmm. and they've been in business since 1986. Uh, I started with them in 2008, just doing a lot of the accounting, finance, and some marketing-related stuff. Mm-hmm. And then um, was traveling a lot, going to trade shows around the world, and realized everybody was using the software and asking us for input on you know, hey, what do you recommend for a laser projector or which mm-hmm. lasers are, are, are good quality ones? And, um, you know, thanks to the the travel, I, I've truly had the opportunity to go and see all of the laser factories in China, all of the ones in Europe, oh, wow. um, even go to some home hobbyists and DIY guys shops and see, you know, people at home building lasers. So I really, for, for about the span of a decade, had a um, just a great opportunity to see behind the scenes 
of the laser light show industries. Who's building what, how mm -hmm. they're building stuff, who's building things to a, a high quality standard and who's frankly not. Um, you know, really, really got to pull the curtain away and, and see what was going on behind the scenes. And so at the tail end of 2013, kind of going into 2014, um, I had a great relationship with a guy named Dushan over at Kavant. And uh, we just kind of came up with an idea, like, what if we what if we kind of married the companies together a little bit? Um, you know, we make the control, you're buying the control from us. Um, but what if we what if we united the brands together? And that's kind of where the, the brand name Unity eventually came from. Mm which is co-owned between us and Kavant. But, um, you know, we were like, what if we unified this stuff up together with the end goal of actually being, how do we make a better laser projector, mm -hmm. right? How do we make a better system, uh, a higher quality system that's going to allow lighting professionals and lighting designers to do what they actually wanted to do? And so we, we took a long shot, right? We were like, well, let, let's give it a try. And then um, there was a company called Pyrotechnico uh, in 2014 that got the Justin Timberlake tour. Nice. And um, and they put the lasers uh, on that tour in a big way, and that kind of set the brand off. So that was the foray from Pangolin um, being just a control company to becoming a laser company. So I started uh, Pangolin Lasers um, as a result of that, which is the mm. company that that I kind of got off the ground yeah. and founded. And um, and then that company is working with Kavant, and we're using the Pangolin control, building a better laser together with Kavant. And then offering that to the marketplace, and Unity came into the um, really came in as a result of COVID, where we were um, we saw that there was a lot of people that wanted to get into laser light shows, home streams, um, small private events. People were throwing house parties. Right. They wanted a more affordable based system, and so Unity Lasers was uh, basically conceived to be our low cost line, co developed between Pangolin and Kavant, and nice. that's how that brand came to be came to come about and of course there's like you know some cheap lasers that you can grab on amazon china you know all that stuff but there's at, a lot yeah. at the end of the day i mean in terms of 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 quality of the safety checks you guys do i mean really there's no even though you might be paying a little bit more of a premium price whether it's unity or or your big boys yeah there's still that level of yeah that's quality. the thing i mean we we don't strive to be the cheapest um you know even as a, as a person, um, I'm never going to buy a product just based on price. Price may be a factor, but when I'm personally going to buy a product, what's the quality? What's the value that I'm getting from the product? You right. know, And from a value standpoint, I think we've hit the nail on the head, finding a good balance between price, performance, and quality. Mm. Um, setting that aside, in the United States, lasers are regulated by the FDA. So we go through a ton of regulatory procedures and processes to get these lasers officially certified with the FDA. And sadly, a lot of the companies that are up on eBay or Alibaba and places like that, they tell customers that they have this certification and they don't, and the liability falls onto the consumer, sadly. So a lot of people end up getting burnt as a result of that. They so end up some, getting, if you're using a laser, something bad happens. Something fails, a stray beam goes into somebody's eye, and then a lawyer gets involved and finds out, oh, well, you had a laser at this show, you imported it incorrectly, it wasn't certified with the FDA. Could you imagine Oof. the pool of trouble that you're going to be in? Yeah. Um, we do take the time to certify all of our products. And additionally, we work to file your laser light show variants, which is your license to legally operate a laser show in the United States. So when you buy a laser from us, not only is the laser certified, but we're filing the license for you to operate it with the FDA. 
And then you go through a safety training course as a result of it. Mm. And we have a ton of additional training courses that you can take. They're all free. They're all up on a training um, a training platform that we call our Wiki. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you can go th- through those to learn how to design a show, set up a show, create, um, play back a show from different uh, different production standpoints. Whether you're a DJ or whether you're a lighting professional doing it at a festival, operating off of a console. We have tons of documentation to help you get the right setup for your specific needs and learn how to do it and do it safely. And then again, you're operating from a legal standpoint. And, um, you know, going back to like the value related proposition, we have a 24 seven, uh, call center. So you're on a show site, it's one o'clock in the morning, something God forbid is going wrong. You can pick up the phone and call and get a real human being, not an automated system. Uh, you know, and that costs money, you know, in order to, to have that sort of customer support, we have to have a team to do that. Uh, and that obviously gets reflected in the price point, but that's that's a value proposition, knowing that you have that kind of support there on the tail end. Yeah. Um, we have a huge QC department now. So we brought on an entire team. It's led by Gary and Adam Barasa. Uh, and there's a few other guys uh, in that department. But every product that comes into the warehouse goes through an ostentious QC process before it uh, ships out and goes to the end user. And we have documentation on every test that we do before wow. the before the laser shipping out, so you know, hey, before I've gotten this this product, it's been tested thoroughly to make sure that it works in a production related environment. Um, and then, if God forbid something does go wrong, things can break. We've got a full repair team in place to make sure that the product's repaired and back up and running as quickly as, as possible. Wow, yeah. that's great. So it's a lot of moving parts, but yeah. Yep. And you know, again, I think this is a, if if this is going to be something, whether it's your profession or just a, a you know. A <laughs> Not really an expensive hobby, but just like podcasting or anything else, if the, if it's a hobby that you're willing to take seriously, yeah, you should want to invest the best quality. I, I mean, I think I think you're a great example too. Like you got into the podcasting, right? Right. And you're like, you know, I really have got a passion for this. And there was a period of time where it was kind of a hobby, yeah. but then you invested into products to bring your hobby to life. And you know, you're using high grade products right now that are yeah. allowing you to go from. Hey, this was just a hobby. Now I'm doing it professionally. Now I'm doing it for big brands. But yeah. the products that you bought, you bought allowed you to grow as yeah. your as your hobby grew into a profession. And that's really the same kind of uh, analogy that I use with our lasers. We're not selling you the cheapest laser. It's yeah. not going to be. Um, it's a quality product that you're going to be able to grow with as you grow into a more professional uh, laser or lighting professional. Right. You know, so it's, um, you know, we're, we're not desiring to be the cheapest, but we do desire to put out the highest value proposition from a product possible. And we're going to be, be there behind the scenes to make sure you're supported. If something goes wrong, we're going to have your back. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And in terms of juggling all that, because there's obviously a lot of moving parts, not just for the consumer, yeah, but for the employees and managing all these people and, you know, trying to lead by example, but also going back to, You've been married twelve years. Yeah. You got two kids. Like, so what's kind of that struggle been? It's tough. As a you know, there there's no easy. Uh, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it and be like, oh, it's easy. Yeah, I balance everything per- perfectly. You, you know, my, my life looks like a dream. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, you know, I'll tell a story. I married my wife, mm-hmm. and the day after we got married, I left for a business trip for forty five days. Um, my daughter Sophia was born, and the day after, I left uh, to go to an exhibition. Oh wow. So there's ser- you know, um, there's serious sacrifices that you have to make, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur or somebody leading a business, uh, in order to make sure that things things go right. And those are those are sacrifices that y- that you have to make. Yeah. Um, on the same token, I 
as a as a father who's running a business, I'm trying to get the girls to see, hey, running a business is is it's hard work, yeah. but it's also a path to control your future. Mm-hmm. You know, to at least um, to at least have a degree of um, or have a path to uh, to. To control your own success, right? And so I, I really do try to bring. Now that the girls are getting a bit older, I'll try to bring them to some industry events or bring them to team events. I'll bring them to the office from time to time, and just try to teach them some of those um, the basic principles of being an entrepreneur. I have an idea. I'm going to work hard to make my idea a reality. My idea is providing value to other human beings, mm-hmm. right? A business at the end of the day is all about providing value to somebody else. That's right, right? You know, at the end of the at the end of the day. Your business will not be successful if you're not providing value to other people. Yeah, for and, sure. Um, so having the business, it's tough managing it with kids, but it's also a great vehicle to teach your kids the value of hard work, the value of providing value to other people, and um, you know the 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 value of hard work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is one thing I noticed too, and I'm even trying to find myself like, you know, I, I'll I'll catch myself every now and again where even just this morning we're at the hotel and. You know, Brenda uh, and Camila joined me at the hotel, which, thanks for that. Um, and I was doing emails, like, at 7 in the morning. She woke up, and I haven't changed her diaper because I just got in yesterday. And um, Brenda almost changed the diaper, and I was like, hold on. And I stopped my emails for a second. I was like, let me let me change the diaper. Yeah. You know, I, I missed it. Yeah. But I, uh, you know, even at home, as that was happening, because at home, you know, it's a two-story house, so I'm upstairs, so all day. She's doing the hard work, yeah. and I find myself like not even thinking about it because out of sight, out of mind type of thing. So I'm going to try to work to do a little bit more that I can, but also if I'm there all the time, mm-hmm. and this is the we've had this conversation. But if I'm there all the time, and maybe it's you know just to throw a monetary number on it, it's a thousand dollars a week or a thousand dollars a month mm-hmm. that I'm missing out by not being at the computer or working, yeah. whatever it is. If that's going to bring value to the whole family, mm-hmm. I have to weigh out those pros and cons. For sure. So it's like, yep. you know, I have hopefully on this earth, we don't know how much we're going to have, how much time, but hopefully in the early stages, like Dana White has mentioned, those early stages are going to be tough and yep. you're going to put in the grind. Gonna and you're be. Gonna, but if you can see the bigger picture, whether it's 10 years from now or 15 years from now, your daughter, I think, won't look back and there won't be resentment. There's going to be respect. Yeah. There's going to be admiration, yeah. gratefulness, yep. you know. So there's there's that fine line as long as you're doing it the right way. But that's that's the you know you got to roll those dice. It's a good. Uh, I, I like this conversation for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, one thing, I'm a little bit old school, right? Right. And um, a certain part of me believes it's good for the girls to see dad working hard. Yeah. You know, if dad uh, if dad was just uh, gallivanting around and and not putting it, you know, not working hard. Uh, and dad was, let's say, always, always there. It was like, well, what's dad doing? Like, right. is dad, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think there's a degree, there's some some positive things that come from your children and your wife seeing you really, really uh, putting it, putting in the effort and yeah. putting in a hard day's work and stuff like that. And they, they, um, you know, they respect, they respect you as dad. Like, yeah, yeah. my dad really does work hard. Right. You know, I know he's out there trying to build a better future for me. Yeah. And I think as long as you reconcile that with being present for the big moments, mm-hmm. you know, I've never missed a birthday. Um, I never missed a birth, left the day after the birth, but didn't miss the birth. <laughs> yeah. I was there for the, the big moments. Um, you know, anytime my daughter's got a big event at school, I will make the time to be there. Yeah. But the sacrifice is, yeah, typical day, 
dad's getting home at eight, eight thirty-nine. Right. You know, um, I'm there to tuck him into bed and and say a prayer with him and go through our little mantra. But that that's you know that's the sacrifice. Right. And uh, I'll take my daughter to school in the morning, but you're you're not going to really see dad on a typical day right. d- during day because I'm out there trying to get it and make it happen. Yeah. You know, and that's um, I've just gotten to a point where I've I've accepted that and um. And I also, I you know, like any business owner, you have a you have a long term plan. Sure. You know, so as the team grows, um, as the team grows, I'm hoping that I have a bit more day to day time with the kids and stuff like that. But um, like to my original point, I think that there's a certain when the kids see dad working hard, mm. they they start to like, yeah, my dad's out there getting it. Yeah. You know, my dad's out there trying yeah. to make something happen, and they see dad's passionate about mm-hmm. making a better future. Yeah. That passion feeds on the other people. Yeah. So, um, well, and, and you know, I even had because I know your your parents were hard workers too, and similar to me, you know, I was raised. If anybody knows Orlando, um, Lee Road. Yeah. So we grew up on a shitty ghetto. Yeah. It's still ghetto. I think I haven't been there in years, but we grew up on Naples Drive. If anybody knows, it's Lee Road. There was a Piggly Wiggly on the corner. Yeah. And my dad used to work there. It was his third job. So he worked three jobs a day. I barely saw him. But, um, I mean, there's even footage of me as a baby all the way until, like, 15 where he would capture stuff when he was babysitting me. And, you know, in between whether my mom was doing her thing and working and running her company, they would switch. So my dad would work his ass off. My mom would go to work and be a waitress. And then that was what they had to do for, I want to say, like, maybe 12 years. Mm -hmm. And then eventually at 12... Well, now my dad got one job. Yeah. And then now yeah. he's able to spend more time with exactly. me. Exactly. And it's like I look back, and even though there's physical footage of I know he's gone, but when he comes back, there's footage of him and me, and he's babysitting me, and yeah. he's fucking around. And I look, I don't resent him. Yeah. I appreciate that because exactly. I know if he didn't do that, I don't know where I would be because I think I have the work ethic I have Yeah. because he had it. I mean, I remember, you know, you know when we were younger um, – Going over to your house, your dad was a real hardworking guy. Oh yeah, Always and uh, I think he was working at Coca Cola at the time. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean he, he you know, from he the outside look, being a, a friend spending the night, yeah. it was like, yeah, Tony's dad's out there getting it and stuff like yeah. that. But he was always there for the big events. When yep. We had the wrestling matches and stuff like that. Your your pops was always there. Uh, he always made sure the fridge was stocked with food when we ate him out of house and home. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, you know, I think uh, I, I think he did. He set a great yeah. example of uh, hard work but being there for the big moments as a father. That's right. And that's how I also look at it. Like, so there's the sacrifice of, okay, so I could work my ass off, be upstairs. You could work your ass off and be away and and come back late for their first eight years. Mm -hmm. Or I could spend as much time as much I I can with them those first eight years. But then as they get older, you know, they're not, they're not nursing anymore. Yeah. So you actually have to physically buy food now. Yeah. Now it gets more expensive as they get older. So then do I want to like hope that I have money in the future? Yeah. Because if not, now I got to work two jobs when they're 15. Yeah. And those are the times when, you You know, you can do things. And and let's be honest, you know, not, not, um, but when a kid, you know, from like one to three, are they really remembering much? I mean, frankly speaking, I, I don't remember much from one to three. No. I, I, I can remember some memories when I was about three years old, but yeah. they're few and far between. Yeah. And I, um, so the, to, the, to the point about the the age split, that's kind of what I'm banking on is that I'm putting in a lot of uh, a lot of the hours now, so that when they get to Sophia's five now and Julia's Julia's two, but when they when Sophia gets to you know eight nine and she's active in sports and she's traveling sure. with sports, yeah, I'm going to have some time to actually go and be there. And, um, and likewise with Julia, 
when she, as she gets a little bit older, I'll be, I'll be able to have the, the free time there to, uh, just to participate more in those activities. Yeah. But you gotta, you gotta carve out the time to be there at any cost for the big events. Right. Right. right, that, right. That's, I think, uh, those life, those life moments in the, in, um, in the children's, uh, in the children's life, you gotta be there for them yeah, yeah, at, yeah. at any cost. Right. Yeah. If that, now, if that means taking time off work, then you have to make that sacrifice yeah. for that. Exactly. But, um, and I, and I do hope that when they get a bit older, that they will appreciate the entrepreneurial mindset. Right. And whether they, they end up working with dad or they go off and start their own businesses, I hope that that, uh, that, that drive and that, uh, that desire to create, you know, is instilled inside of them. Yeah. And that is, again, that's the, that's the hard thing I think that we bank on because we're in such a, I've, I've realized even just, you know, she's only three months old, but I'm, I'm realizing just in that time frame I'm thinking so far ahead like most men do, uh, which is our, our blessing and our curse. Yeah. Because, like, you know, Brenda looks at me, I'm sure, like, sorry, does where it's like, what, who cares about 10 years? Like, what are yeah. you doing? Who cares? Just yeah. worry about next weekend. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Like, so I'm always thinking ahead. Yep. So, me, I'm always thinking to myself, like, okay, like, as she gets older, she's going to be influenced by friends, uh, you know, other family members about doing this, doing that, doing. But if they could see me not only working hard, but also treating her with respect, yep. then she'll hopefully look at the other men. That may be coming her life and say, of course. you're not as good as my dad. Yeah. And hopefully they'll smart enough to say, I need to get away from those people. And that's that's the example I think that not only can you lead verbally, mm-hmm. but you gotta show it to you gotta yep. show those actions. Yeah, throughout, you have to you have to be life. present. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Yeah. And I gotta tell you though, man, the one thing that's been hard uh being a father is also just juggling that because we are in such a weird time that I keep thinking to myself. More and more, especially after the surgery, we talked. I don't want to go deep into that, but because everyone here has heard about that stupid stuff, but just in these last eighteen months, it's hard to envision where this world is going. And it's like everything that I put in the blood, sweat, and the tears. You know, like for instance, if we get a, a cyber hack, yeah, and we go into World War Three, is anybody be listening to podcasts? Probably not. Like that's not. <laughs> you it know, might not be on their mind. But I think um, to your credit, Tony, you figured out a formula. Like. Whether it was podcasting, whether it's uh, digital content creation, whether it's being an influencer, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. You figured out a formula like, I'm passionate about something and I can turn yeah. a passion into a business. Yeah. So I think regardless of what may happen um, on a macroeconomic scale with the world and yeah. things going to hell, you'll find a way to be successful yeah. because you've got that inside of you. If you're, if you're passionate about something, you've, you've found a way to turn passion into productivity and turn productivity into a business that's providing value for people. Yeah. And you could do that with anything. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. And worst comes to worst, make, you got the pizza, you got the pizza stove. I, I mean, got the pizza oven. You yeah, know, I mean, I can make everybody's got to eat. Yeah. Everybody's like, got to eat. doesn't eat pizza? And you're Italian. I yeah. mean, yeah. I could just make pasta and just sell that. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I appreciate that. Yeah, that is, that is one thing that is exciting. And I think that goes with anything. We've talked about this before, your, your passion for lasers. Yeah. Um, and you have other passions as well, but sometimes you need to bite the bullet, uh, find a passion in what you're doing currently, mm-hmm. but also still have those things that fuel you. Yeah. You know, like if you love to draw yeah. and you want to be an artist, you might have to work at Mickey D's for a couple of years. Yep. You know, whatever that whatever that tool is that's going to get you there, as long as you have a plan and you can figure out what your passion is and you can go all in on that passion, because mm-hmm. it took me so so long yeah. to figure out what I wanted to do. And even still, there's other things I want to do that 
doesn't even involve this stuff. Yep. But I know that this for now is going to be my my vehicle to get there. Mm-hmm. And then I have to pivot when it gets to that point. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, in the in the laser realm too, it's um, what I was really passionate about when we got into the um, the physical laser projector aspect of things was. Um, sadly, in our industry, there's a lot of fabrication of specifications and stuff like that, and it's confusing mm. stuff, right? It's uh, you know, it's like not regulated, I believe. Well, no, it is regulated, mm-hmm. but the specifications, um, like how bright the laser is going to be, or how what's the resolution of the laser? We call it KPPS, but let, let's call it resolution. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of misinformation out there, and um, sadly, when prior to selling lasers, we would get a lot of support requests from people like. Yeah, these people told me it was, uh, you know, a high-resolution laser. It was going to have crisp graphics, that the beams were going to be, uh, you know, really, really bright in this application, right. and and it wasn't, you know, what do I do? So, um, you know, that that was kind of like the inspiration for me, not to find the cheapest partners and and provide the cheapest products, but really find the ones that are are the best quality at the, at the best value and the best price. Right. And... Um, I think we've really done a great, great job of that with our product line, just making sure that it is—it's the best balance between price, performance, and and customer support to back that product up. You know, right. we really put—I'm um, very proud of what we've accomplished there because I think we've partnered with the best OEM manufacturers. We have the best production team possible. We're, again, we're not the cheapest. We're not the most expensive either. Right. But uh, from a value proposition standpoint and a quality standpoint, it's tough to beat. Yeah. You're really gonna you're gonna be hard pressed to find some somebody that's putting out a better product yeah. uh, at a better price with that degree of service and support behind it. And I mean, I, I saw the studio space. I saw that. I mean, you do everything here, which is well, pr- not everything, of course. Yeah, but. it's kind of broken up. So yeah. I mean, just to touch on a little bit, the um, we do do some manufacturing here. We're building. A, let's call it the guts of the laser. Right. So the optical scanning systems. Uh, the software is coded here, uh, and we're doing some of the layout and board design for the PCB hardware. Uh, the physical PCBs themselves are manufactured in Slovenia. Mm-hmm. We have a production facility over there. And then in the realm of the higher-end professional lasers, those are manufactured in Slovakia by Kavant. Right. So we're shipping the optical scanning systems and the control hardware over there, and then they're doing the final assembly and uh uh, adding the modules and doing QC and testing over there, and then those ones will drop ship over to to customers depending on where the show is taking place. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So it really is. I mean, a, a combo effort of it is. Yeah. There's a lot of a lot of people, and by no means, um, you know, it's a team effort. Uh, yeah. The team in at, in Slovakia, Kavant, they do an exceptional job. They're yeah. super passionate people. Um, you know, the quality, their attention to detail, and the quality that they put into the products that they design. That's really what you know. What made the cooperation work? It's um, a lot of people don't know this about Slovakia, but uh, a lot of like German, uh, you know, BMW, Audi, Mercedes. Where are their plants? They're in Slovakia. Yeah. Um, it's an exceptional country with really, really, really creative, passionate um, artisans, is what I would call them. That mm-hmm. uh, they just put out whether it's lasers or, or other types of products. If you were to ever to go to Slovakia and just see the quality of craftsman, craftsmanship across yeah. any product. It's exceptional. So, um, yeah, really awesome people over there. Yeah, I could imagine like a, a place like that. Unlike I feel like here in America, we're really kind of losing sight of some things. Uh, and I know a lot of it is because of cost, but it, it seems like in other countries like Slovakia, it's, it's more of the craftsmanship where it's you're going to find the guy that's in the cabin that like loves building his own benches. Yeah. The Ron Swansons of the world. Yeah. Like you don't see a lot of that with anything here 
as much as I think we did a hundred years ago. Yeah, I think it's coming yeah. back to America, though. I, I was going to say, I think the good, like guys like Jocko were doing a great job yep. of like building those enterprises. Yep. I think it's coming it. back. Yeah, so I could see it, but it's also people got to have the passion for it. So, yeah. you know, whether it is an artistry of uh, building a vehicle or podcasting or lasers or uh, you know painting something, yeah, if you could figure out a way to like master it here, do mm-hmm. what you can here, and then hopefully teach and train other people. Because I think a lot of a lot of times we want shortcuts and things. Yeah. And we don't want to get our hands dirty. Yep. You know, we don't want to change our oil anymore. That's mm-hmm. crazy because we want to pay someone to do it. Yeah. And all that's great and it's convenient. But also there's a lot of work ethic that goes into doing your own things. Mm-hmm. Like I met my buddy the other day. I had him on a podcast. We were shooting the shit. And I was telling him a story. And he was shocked that I knew how to change your tire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, wait, you don't know how to change one? Yeah. First of all, it's like the one of the easiest, easiest things. things to you do. don't really have to know yeah. what it is. We think it's, but the fact that he didn't know how to do it, I was very mind-boggling. I was, yeah, I was very yeah. shocked. So it's little things like that where, again, as a father, I look back at, I don't want to teach this girl how to use her phone. Mm-hmm. So, what else am I going to teach her? Mm-hmm. Well, I got to teach her changing a light bulb, mm-hmm. doing the tire. Yeah, good work ethic, table yep. manners, mantras, prayers, yep. how like, to cook. How to cook. Yeah. Like these little things, they, they're very important. Not only are they life lessons, but yes. when shit goes south, if it ever does, mm-hmm. these are the basics that you need to know when there's not a Jiffy Lube up the corner. Yeah. When AAA doesn't answer your phone call. Correct. Like, you need to know how to do these things. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I couldn't agree more yeah. with that. And being an entrepreneur, I know that's a, a big staple. Of your no, we do. I mean, um, I make my daughter pay rent, so she's definitely <laughs> learning life lessons. <laughs> Good. Out of the womb. <laughs> I, told, I told the nurse... Give her the bill, okay? <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's yeah. awesome. Um, well, real quick, we're already almost at an hour. See how this flies by? Almost an hour. Yeah, yeah, 45 that, minutes. That's crazy. And that's all? Even is- though we could talk for, you know, 10 hours. Um, we won't have enough memory. And no one wants to hear that. Uh, but where can people <laughs> where can people find you, uh, Pangolin, your socials, give them some shout-outs, your services, all that jazz? Yeah, so the uh, our control products are at Pangolin Systems. Um, for professional lasers, at Cavant Lasers. And for our entry-level systems, it's at Unity Lasers. And I love then it. you can find me on Instagram, Justin Tyler Perry. Okay, awesome. Well, Justin Perry, uh, dude. It's good to see you again, yeah, Tony. Man. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for coming out. Yeah, this was fun. It was good. And by the way, your social looks amazing. I, who did that? I mean. I, I don't know. Yeah. It looks great, though. No, huge shout-out to this guy because he came in and in one week really transformed the, the social department. And, yeah. um, you know, the feedback from the team on the training that you did, they're – they're motivated, they're passionate, and, um, you know, unlike, you can do a lot of trainings with people and it's PowerPoints and stuff like that. You got you got in there, you got your hands in the dough. Yeah. You know, you actually, uh, you I actually did shit, it. I need that shit, son. No, you did yeah. it, though, and it was it was awesome, and we're we're very appreciative of that, too. Bro. Thank you, man. No, I'm stoked. You guys got a great team here, and, uh, yeah, go check these guys out. They're awesome. So, Justin Perry, ladies and gentlemen. Hey. <laughs> All right, dude.